Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. Inside Studio 34, this is the BFFs. He is Frank Stample. He is EY Eric Young. I am Greg Saucman. Frank, hey, what's happening, bud? Greg, hey, happy Tuesday to you. Lots to talk about here. Waiver Wire Tuesday. Getting set up here for week seven, man. Fantasy football season is just flying by. Talk about the top running backs and wide receivers to add, QBs, tight ends, and defenses to stream. And then after that, we got the Yankee game. EY, you can uh, cover your ears. Sorry about that, buddy. It's all right. I got plenty of hockey to watch tonight. Cleanse my palate. Let's go. What's going on, EY? Welcome back. Uh, yeah, good to be here, guys. Uh, it's uh, it's cold. It's cold here in Tennessee. Finally, the 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 heat has gone away. Uh, Marcus Mariota was benched. Uh, which I believe is is maybe a, a positive thing. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and f- plenty of fantasy to talk about. Ready. A lot of fantasy to talk about. The waiver wire, not so much. But Marcus Mariota, no. your hometown quarterback, is bench. We'll see what that means for this weekend. And we'll see if that has makes us have any interest in any of these Tennessee wide receivers off the waiver wire. Maybe it'll open things up for an A.J. Brown or something like that. We'll get into that uh, in a little bit. Before we do, let's hit on what we saw last night. Thursday night football. The Mo- Monday night football, Greg. Oh, yes, Monday night football. Excuse <laughs> me, I've already fast-forwarded. Monday night football where the Lions had one stolen from them. Just ripped from them. Yeah. Unfairly. Really unfairly. That was embarrassing. That was an embarrassing display of officiating for the NFL. I'm sure that they will issue an apology, but that does not rectify things with Lions fans, with the Detroit Lions players, with you know people playing fantasy football, betters out there. Completely changed the complexion of the entire game. Uh, specifically, that final call, the uh, the hands to the face by Trey Flowers. I appreciate Booger McFarlane calling out the NFL as well and the officiating saying, it's just not there. There's nothing there. There's no hands to the face whatsoever. Trey Flowers has a handful of shoulder pad there. There's no hands to the face. The Detroit Lions got robbed. They should have had an opportunity to drive down the field. And the way that Matt Prater was kicking last night, the guy might have been able to bang one from 60 yards out. And frankly, they got robbed, Greggy. But there was uh, there were a lot of fantasy implications in this game as well. Yeah, w- w- a ton of fantasy implications, specifically with us. 
as Aaron Jones let us down, much like the refs let the Lions down. Jimmy Graham. I needed six points from Jimmy Graham in a full point PPR, Greg. I lost by two. Six points, man. Are you serious? I don't know, man. Jimmy Graham sucks, dude. I mean, his. It, it's sad to watch. It's It happens with all, you know, of these big freak athletes. You know, there's always a time where the athleticism starts to slow down. And we've seen that with obviously, you know, the, the taller uh, freak athlete wide receivers. Uh, t- um, Jimmy Graham was basically one of those in his career, you know, with, uh, with the New Orleans Saints, but dropping touchdowns week in and week out. A couple of weeks ago, we heard Aaron Rodgers said, we got to get this guy the ball more. I don't understand why. I understand, like, there's a name value there, I guess, in Jimmy Graham, but Aaron Rodgers, it's uh, time to take the advice of the BFFs. Strip the name off the back of the jersey because Jimmy Graham is a shell of his former self, Greg, and he could be dropped in all formats. He's bad. He's just bad. But I don't want to say he could be dropped in all formats because the tight end position, as we look at the waiver wire, is I'll bad give as well. you three, four different tight ends today that you can drop Jimmy Graham for. Oh, fantastic. I can't wait uh, to get into that. But EY, you're an Aaron Jones guy. We're all Aaron Jones guys. We all own him. But Jamal Williams comes back from this concussion. And after Aaron Jones fumbles the ball away, after he just drops a touchdown pass with nobody within 50 feet of him crushing our souls, they leaned heavily on Jamal Williams, giving him a goal line carry, getting him involved. They saw Aaron Jones a bit more in the second half. But it was Jamal Williams' night. He's now back on the fantasy radar. And the Packers can say whatever they want, but it's clear they trust Jamal Williams just as much as they trust Aaron Jones. What do you do if you're an Aaron Jones owner? Can you actually start Jamal Williams over Aaron Jones this week on a uh, on a bye week? Can you start Jamal Williams separately than Aaron Jones this week? What do you think? Yeah, uh, this is painful. This is double painful for me. Uh, an, I am an, was an Aaron Jones advocate, and I'm also an Aaron Jones owner. And then uh, to to make uh, throw some salt in the wounds uh, in my home league, I was playing a guy that had Jamal Williams and was up 14 points, and he beat me because he started Jamal Williams. So uh, this is a bad this is a bad time to be a Jamal or uh, Aaron Jones fan. So yeah, it's painful, but I believe Aaron Jones will be the starter there. I'm not, I'm not going to go away from him yet. Uh, we know what Jamal Williams is. They were punishing Jones because of the mishaps in the game, but I mean the reality is he's just a better football player than J- Jamal Williams is. Some brain farts, <laughs> maybe uh, a, a guy that's maybe doesn't have the full trust of the coaching staff or, or the team, but I, I'm 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 riding with Aaron Jones. Yeah, I still think Aaron Jones is going to be the one A, but I think this is going to be a really really frustrating situation as we've seen yep. for years now when it comes to Aaron Jones versus Jamal Williams. We can't even really make the argument as much anymore because Jamal Williams has been running effectively as well. I mean, he looked really good last night, ran more efficiently than Aaron Jones as well, and you know he had more snaps last night as well. Jamal Williams really took over. It was just a nightmare situation for Aaron Jones and his fantasy owners with the fumble. I know he was getting his shoulder checked out at some point. He dropped a wide-open receiving touchdown down the seam. I mean... Those are the types of things that land you on the bench because, and this happened all night for Aaron Rodgers, his receivers are dropping passes, leading to interceptions. The guy doesn't have a lot to work with. When you get an opportunity to play with Aaron Rodgers, you have to perform because once you lose his trust, he's not going to go back to you. So it's really hard to make the argument for Aaron Jones right now when he's making blunders like he did last night. But Jamal Williams, great. 18 touches, four receptions, 138 total yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Aaron Jones on three less touches, had uh, a decent amount less yards. You know, just 60 total yards, no touchdown, obviously dropped it as well. I think Jamal Williams, you're going to have to, um, I'm not breaking the bank for him, maybe if I'm an Aaron Jones owner, but 
I think it's going to be closer to a 50-50 split moving forward. And you start him separately on a bye week this week. No Nick Chubb. I think he's going to sneak in as a low-end flex, yeah. And there's some really good matchups coming up, too. I was just looking at the schedule. Jamal Williams may be the number one ad on the waiver wire this week. He's not the only Packer that I think we have to talk about adding. We'll break down more of last night's football game here on the BFFs. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. So last night was the Aaron Jones show for all the wrong reasons. Jamal Williams obviously stepped up. But we also noted something from the quarterback and from Aaron Rodgers and this Green Bay Packers offense. It's that they are now a running football team. And you can't necessarily trust Aaron Rodgers week to week. Frank, you were on this all last year, taking the name off the back of the jersey. Aaron Rodgers probably not an every week starter anymore in fantasy football. Uh, given that he consistently finishes, I, I believe, outside the top 12, he's just not throwing the ball enough. He's not running the ball at all. So Aaron Rodgers isn't throwing the ball nearly what he used to, and most importantly, his top targets, they're all out or hurt or worse than they have been in the past. Example, Devontae Adams is out with his turf toe injury with no sign at all of returning anytime soon. Geronimo Allison took a monster hit last night, injured as a concussion, and he has an upper body injury as well. MVS twisted an ankle, and he has not been the same all season long. Jimmy Graham, as Frank just noted, slower. Stinks. Stinks. A plotter. Which leaves, well, who? Jamal Williams, we just talked about. Aaron Jones, okay. Can't really catch the ball. You got Jake Kumaro, who I know a lot of people out there in Green Bay like. He didn't do anything. You have a guy that caused an interception to Aaron Rodgers that pissed him off. And then that brings me to the lizard, Alan Lazard. Who is that? Don't know. But he has great measurables, and he looked, most importantly, good last night. He didn't catch a pass that he probably should have. One play later, Aaron Rodgers went right back to him, had a fantastic catch, which he scored a touchdown. And now the people are talking about the Lizard. Are you in on him, EY? Jeez, I mean, it just gets messier and messier there. You know, Devontae Adams will be back, we're assuming, at some point. Uh, MVS is a guy that I was high on, that a lot of the, the fantasy community was high on, hasn't really done a whole lot. Jerome Miles has a couple touchdowns, hasn't had a lot of heavy use, and now the Lizard. Here comes the Lizard. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. It, it, it's hard to say, and it does appear that Green Bay is going to run the ball, and, and that's what they want to do and, and control the clock, which is, is crazy to say when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. He doesn't look like he's lost a step. Uh, I mean, when he when he moves and he shifts in the pocket, he still looks super healthy. When he does throw, he, he throws it well. So, I, I don't know. It, it, it seems crazy to me. Yeah, so, again, it's a bye week. And this, this crew of waiver wire guys at wide receiver doesn't excite me, doesn't interest me. Frank sent me a text this morning like, hey, we should spend some money this week. And I'm like, on, on who? And of course, he brings the same guys he normally does. And I always say no. And here we are. That's why we're 0-6 in a league. But 
Frank, I, why not the Lizard? Well, the reason is, you know, Devontae Adams could be back at some point. And as you mentioned, they're starting to run the football more as well. It, it's, it seems like a tragedy to me that in today's NFL, we have Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers on teams where they are more so run-first teams. But I understand you want some balance. But, man, look, Aaron Rodgers proved he can still make every throw. I mean, the touchdown that he threw to, uh, to the Lizard last night was amazing. We saw that game against the Eagles a couple of weeks ago. He could still make every throw on the football field. He's just not being asked to shoulder the, the load as much as he has in years past. I like the idea of picking up uh, Alan Lazard, undrafted free agent out of Iowa State. He had 17 touchdowns over his final two seasons there. Good measurables, as you mentioned, Greg. Six foot three, uh, 88th percentile in speed score as well, according to PlayerProfiler.com. So there's a little bit to like there. And you heard in the in the post game interview with Aaron Rodgers, he said, "Look, this kid has been making plays in practice, and he had an opportunity to play, and he made the most of it." They also asked Aaron Rodgers about earning his trust, and he said. Yeah, like, obviously that's a huge thing, and he threw a bomb to Alan Lazard, and this guy ends up coming down with it in one-on-one coverage. Really, really good defense, by the way, and still ended up making that play. So, I like adding him, Greg, but I still think with the combination of Devontae Adams is going to be back at some point, Geronimo Allison is going to be back at some point, MVS is still there. I don't know that Lazard is necessarily going to leapfrog any of those people. I guess... His upside can be if he plays well in their absence, maybe he earns more of a role. But ultimately, on a team that is starting to run the football more, I don't know how much consistency is going to be there. So it's more of a deeper league play for me. You mentioned MVS still being there. Is he droppable? Even without Geronimo Allison, even without Devontae Adams, dude's done nothing. Like, nothing. This offense is not about him anymore, taking shots to him anymore. It's about much uh, closer routes. It's about... Uh, going up the scene, he basically is a decoy each and every game. Why do I own Marquez Valdez-Scantling if I can't play him without Devontae Adams, if I can't play him without Geronimo Allison? Yeah, it's a fair question, and I think it always comes down to context. It's who are you dropping him for? You know, we're going to get into some of these players a little bit later on, but, you know, if Frank Gore is out there, I would make that move. Alexander Madison, I would make that move. Either of the Rams running backs, I would do that. For the wide receivers, like a lot of these names that we're going to talk about are not great, but there also might be some players that we've talked about in weeks past that are still available. Auden Tate, Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder, John Brown, Golden Tate. Make sure those five wide receivers are available. If they are available, aren't available, make sure that they uh, are not on your waiver wire. If they are available, I would drop MVS for any of those names, Greg, and the running backs I brought up as well. But once we start getting into the Lazards, Demarius Thomas, the Jerron Browns, I'm I mean, I don't think there's much upside there either. But those are the guys, guys Eric, that we're talking about here this week. Most uh, in, in a lot of leagues, the, the Jameson Crowders, the Robbie Anderson, the Auden Tate, the Golden Tate, the John Brown, they're not there. They're not out there in a lot of leagues. I'm sure you're seeing about 60% or more. I'm getting a lot of questions about those guys, so they have to be out there in some leagues. They're not in there in a lot of like the deeper leagues that we play in, but sure. in your standard 12-team, 5-bench, they might be out but, there. But you were looking at Yahoo, and they were all at least 60% over. Yeah, they are. So it's not like... It's not like they're out there in the majority of leagues just using that number. So if those guys are out there, absolutely, go and pick them up. But in the case, in the 40% of you that they're not out there, you have to look at guys like Lazard. You have to look at guys like Demarius Thomas, who you mentioned. Uh, EY, we just talked about Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder just a bit. Two guys obviously get a huge step up with Sam Darnold being back. But Demarius Thomas was the one that led this team in targets on uh, Sunday. This Monday, he has a... A quick revenge game against the New England Patriots. 
Interesting Demarius Thomas is someone you could pick up facing off against the Patriots with Sam Darnold at quarterback. I mean, it's obvious that Sam Darnold is is a massive upgrade for the Jets. Um, they actually look like a real offense again. Um, but the Patriots defense somehow is, it's the best, maybe the best defense in the league right now. So I don't think I can trust Demarius Thomas. Uh, I don't think Herndon's going to play. So t- Thomas could be a touchdown guy. I mean, this is what he does. He's not fast. Uh, he does have, uh, he's a big body. We'll, you know, go turn back towards the quarterback, jump up and catch the ball. So, I mean, he has touchstone uh, appeal, but uh, that would be it. I don't, I don't see him being the highest targeted guy going forward with Crowder's, Crowder and Bell there. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. I think this is going to start to get crowded with Chris Herndon expected to be back sooner rather than later. You still have Jamison Crowder, who we know Sam Darnold loves to throw the ball to. Robbie Anderson they're going to take some shots with. Uh, Le'Veon Bell only had one target on Sunday. I I wouldn't expect that to stay that way either. I think he's going to see more targets moving forward. I like Demarius Thomas again, more of a deeper league ad. Him versus MVS. I'll still take MVS there. You know, I don't don't think that there's much much upside with Demarius Thomas. He has played 79% of the snaps over the past two games, has led the team in targets over the past two weeks with 25% of the target share. But again, there are reinforcements coming with Chris Herndon, and I think Le'Veon Bell will be more involved as well. Give me the Packers offense over to the Jets, Greg. Fair enough. Let me continue on and stay in this game between the Jets and the Patriots, where Josh Gordon, we have no idea if he's going to play. He's been terrible uh, if he does play. Philip Dorsett returned to practice today, so that's good news uh, as Patriots get him back. But a name that you brought up last week was Jacoby Myers. I kind of laughed at you, and, well, I, I felt fine in laughing until Josh Gordon got hurt and Jacoby Myers stepped up. This team also lost a tight end in Matt Lacoste here this week. They re-signed Ben Watson. Patriots are without a lot of playmakers, and they're trying to find some. Jacoby Myers may be the next man up there with Nikhil Harry, who's returned to practice as well, waiting in the wings. Yeah, this might end up being more of a short-term play. It might be something you just want to cover yourself with if you are a Josh Gordon owner. Look, there's four teams on a bye this week, so we're starting to get into those bye-week replacements, and if you still want to trust Josh Gordon as your wide receiver three heading into that Monday night football game, you have to cover yourself with somebody in that game as well. Whether it's Demarius Thomas on the other side, it is Jets versus Patriots on Monday Night Football, or you can kind of handcuff Josh Gordon with Jacoby Myers. Played 70% of the snaps this past week. Made plays in the preseason. They seem to really like this kid. But, again, much like the Jets, there are reinforcements coming for the Patriots. You mentioned Philip Dorsett practicing. He could be back for this game. And we know that Tom Brady likes throwing the ball to Philip Dorsett. Akeel Harry practicing as well. Not going to return this week. He's eligible to return in week nine. We'll talk about him when we get back. But Jacoby Myers, more of just a short-term play. Cover yourself on Monday Night Football. We'll find out what Eric thinks of Akeel Harry. And we'll get into some of the running backs and tight ends that are available this week off your waiver wire. Stick around. More from your BFFs. Right DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Then dunk 
on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com's. That's just silly. Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros, the DailyRoto.com optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS. Plus, a lot of alerts, breaking news, late start support, and more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com slash DUNK to learn more. That's DailyRoto.com slash DUNK. DailyRoto.com. Millionaires are made. Greggy, you must have been a big do-over kid when you were younger. What do you mean by that? I'm just going to start the read-over. Uh, we need a do-over. What do you want me to, what do? You want me to do? <laughs> Who writes these promos, Greg? Not me. <laughs> no, I'm not reading it again, Danny. I read it perfectly. We're going to need a redo. Uh, there's no redo necessary. I got the point across. You want the best NBA DFS advice? You should go to DailyRoto.com. Promo code DUNK. It's very simple. It is. Like, Drew Dinkmeyer is legitimately I'm, one of the I'm smartest dudes I'm going to use it and win money. You should use it and win money. I don't care what the read says. Just use the word dunk, damn it. At DailyRoto.com. If, if it was a real sport, it would be tempting. It's a real sport. All right. Uh, you'll be happy to know. If it's not on skates, it's not real. You'll be happy to know, EY, and, and Frank read this to me this morning. Given the caveman that you are, the mm. for you in their youth, the uh, most likely sports for children to play to get concussions, number one is football, number two is women's soccer, and number three is men's hockey. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Concussions are fake as well. <laughs> we could get into a whole thing about that again if you want. I don't want to do that. Me uh, neither. Thank God. I'm trying to. I'm trying to prove. I'm tired of proving myself right. Well, we know what we're doing next time we have EY and Virginia on together. We're... What were we talking about? <laughs> we'll uh, we'll have the doctor versus EY. <laughs> Our concussions real. We're not going to have that conversation. I go I go blow for blow with any doctor that wants to try to tell me that they know anything about it. No problem. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> Um, do over. No do no do overs. <laughs> Nikhil Harry is where we left off, right? Nikhil Harry, uh, wide receiver for the New England Patriots. He's a rookie wide receiver that's with an early round draft choice on him. Got injured toward the end of the preseason, and he was a thing for a little while until he wasn't anymore. Josh Gordon hasn't done anything. Philip Dorsett's been nice when he's been on the field. Not much else going on. They need a game breaker. Nikhil Harry could be back as soon as next week. If he's on your waiver wire, Eric, how much are you spending? Uh I feel like this he could be the number one there eventually, right? So um, he, he's worth a, a sizable, a sizable amount. I, I don't know. I, I, it, it just depends on how much you have left. It all depends on on where what your record is, who you have at wide receiver, where you're sitting. I mean, there, there's a million things that could go into this, but I, I do feel it, it's a sizable amount. The number that comes to mind for me, Greg, is 8 to 10%. Wow, and if you okay. want to be aggressive, you could go as high as 12% because wow. I do agree with EY that you know, while Nikhil Harry might not have the opportunity to be the number one receiver because I still think Edelman is going to be the top target getter in this offense, he has the chance to be the number one outside wide receiver in this offense because Josh Gordon has had an opportunity all season long and hasn't been able to take advantage of it. We've seen multiple weeks where Josh Gordon is targeted in the red zone. He's given these fade opportunities, and he'll either have the ball in his hands and drop it, or you know just won't be able to make a play. Ultimately, you know, I, I, we talk about Jimmy Graham. Josh Gordon might be not to the same extent, but he's older now, right? Like we still have this idea of Josh Gordon in our minds from you know five years ago when he was. 
whatever, 23, 24 years old, and he's making spectacular plays. I mean, he's older now. He's been out of football on and off. And I don't know that Josh Gordon is the same player that he once was. And now he's dealing with an injury as well. So, you know, how is that going to affect his performance? The Patriots clearly like Nikhil Harry. You don't normally see them use a first-round pick on a wide receiver. That's something they did this year in the NFL draft. They used the last pick of the first round, pick 32, on Harry. He's got good size. He's six foot two. can make plays in the red zone. A lot of people had him as their top wide receiver coming out of college, out of Arizona State as well. 91st percentile in speed score. Pretty good for somebody that big as well. So I think there's some opportunity here, Greg. 8 to 10% in that range. If you want to get aggressive, I could see going as high as 12%. Yeah, absolutely. I think that Nikhil Harry, as both of these gentlemen have said, has the ability to be a number one wide receiver on this team. He's young, he's fresh, and he should be a big-time target for Tom Brady down the stretch. 8-12% to of your budget. Sounds like you don't want to spend that much, Greg. I didn't think it would cost that much, to be honest with you. Like, like, out of all of these guys that are out here this week, including every position... Nikhil Harry is the one I'm most interested in because I think the potential is the biggest. Yeah, like who has more upside at the wide receiver position? Totally. Right? Like him versus Myers, Demarius Thomas, Lazard, any of the Bills guys, you know, Jerron Brown. Nikhil Harry is the one with the most upside. I'm not limiting it yeah. to the to the wide receiver position. I'm limiting it to to um un- oh, oh, unlimited. Oh, oh. Slow your roll here, Greg. You might have uh you might have forgot the name Frank Gore. How dare you? Still out there. The Infinity Stone, as EY likes to call him. Well, it's really the fantasy footballers like to call him. That's fine. Yeah, it's true. Shout out to the fantasy footballers. But anyway, Nikhil Harry, I think that potential is unmatched. I just didn't think it would cost 8 to 12%. That's all. So what would you feel comfortable spending on him? I thought I was only going to have to spend like 3 to 6%. It's one of those things where I think when his name first pops up early in the week, right? Like Sunday, Monday, you hear some rumblings about him. You're like, all right, you know, maybe like 2 to 3%. Yeah. But I feel like as, you know... Fantasy Twitter starts to talk about him a little bit more as we start to talk about him. It's going to start gaining steam, and before you know it, he's going to be one of these guys that goes for like anywhere from 8 to 10%. I really do believe that because people are going to start to, all right, the wheels are starting to turn a little bit. You're starting to put two and two together. Josh Gordon's hurt. It might affect him for the rest of the season. There's obviously an opportunity on this offense, a great offense in the New England Patriots. And I think all those factors coming into play, people are going to realize, all right, I got to spend more money on this guy if I really want him. All right, you mentioned Frank Gore. That brings us to the running back position. And EY, Frank Gore uh, is out there in some leagues because the Bills had their bye last week. So you needed a roster spot, you dropped Frank Gore. If he's out there, he's also uh, someone you're very interested in because there's a team that wants to run the football. And Frank Gore is our lead running back. Pretty simple. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's literally as simple as that. Frank Gore has proven that he's going to be effective. Like, he's not, you know, probably not going to be a wide res- or a running back number one. But this is a guy that just gets it done. He's going to score touchdowns in this offense. They want to run the ball. They trust him, obviously. I think Singletary coming back will cut into his workload some, but I think he will be the number one in Buffalo. And they want to run the ball, and he's going to be the guy doing it. Also, make sure that Devin Singletary is owned in your league as well because yep. Singletary might have league-winning upside. Absolutely. We say that about a lot of players, but we saw it early on. Those first two games, he really has some burst there, uh, and he could be someone down the stretch. I mean, this schedule coming up for the Bills is really, really nice. So make sure Devin Singletary is owned first and foremost. But if he's not, I think Frank Gore is the next man up. Going up against the Miami Dolphins, hashtag revenge game here. 4.8 yards per carry the Dolphins are allowing this year to opposing running backs, and they're allowing the most fantasy points to that position. We just saw another senior citizen in Adrian Peterson run for 118 yards 
against this Miami Dolphins defense. And Frank Gore, he's looked pretty good this year, averaging 4.4 yards per carry himself. The Bills' offensive line is second in run blocking, according to Football Outsiders, so they are improving as well. We just saw in week four, a couple of weeks ago, Frank Gore ran for 108 yards against the New England Patriots defense. No other running back has run for more than 38 rushing yards in a game against the Patriots so far this season. So I still think that Frank Gore has a little bit left in the tank. Really good matchup against the Miami Dolphins. I think he's in play as a low-end RB2, Greg. And even with Devin Singletary back, I still think uh, we're... We're in the mix for 12 to 15 touches per game for Frank Gore. I feel good about that. Frank Gore has looked good enough that I don't think Devin Singletary is going to steal a significant amount of carries. But anything happens to Frank Gore, Devin Singletary has those fresh legs. He, as Frankie mentioned, could be a league winner for you. Some other running backs that are out there, mostly handcuffs, a lot of whom, lot of whom we spoke about last week. Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, certainly for the Rams. We'll see if Todd Gurley practices this week and potentially comes back. Chase Edmonds we talked a lot about last week. And then you, met, you and I mentioned it on the FanDuel Hurry Up here, Frank, uh, yesterday. And that's Alexander Madison. So Alexander Madison, Alexander Madison is a handcuff, yes, for Dalvin Cook, but the bye weeks are here. Can you start Alexander Madison? Can you start Chase Edmonds separately from David Johnson and Dalvin Cook this week? I would feel more comfortable starting Alexander Madison. I do think both he and Chase Edmonds should be owned, but we just saw Madison have 14 carries for 63 yards against a really, really tough Philadelphia Eagles defense. He had just two less carries than Dalvin Cook in this game and ran for 22 more yards. Alexander Madison, really, really talented running back, and I think he might sneak in as a low-end flex going up against the Detroit Lions this week. We just saw what Jamal Williams did last night against the Detroit Lions, and they've been allowing the fourth-most fantasy points to opposing running backs so far this season. So, I think Madison has some standalone value now as well, starting to creep into that flex conversation as more teams go on by. And if anything were to happen to Dalvin Cook, I think Alexander Madison would be a low-end RB1, high-end RB2, so really, really interested there. Fun fact for you, Madison has 252 rushing yards this season, Greg. That's the same amount as Joe Mixon, who is the lead running back for his team. Uh, That is more rushing yards than Austin Eckler. That is more rushing yards than James Conner. The Minnesota Vikings want to run the football, especially when they're in neutral game script. That is when games are within seven points, either being down or being up. And you know they are they are second in the NFL in rush percentage overall. So they want to run the football. I think Madison might have some standalone value, but Chase Edmonds should be owned as well. I would rank Alexander Madison ahead of him. And Greg, I would rank both Rams running backs. Uh, maybe, yeah. Bad matchup last week. Yeah, it was a bad matchup. You know, it's kind of hard to figure out. I was going to say ahead of Alexander Madison. I don't know if they have as much upside. I'll take Madison ahead of those guys. I'll take the Rams guys ahead of Chase Edmonds. uh, Just because I think this is something that might linger with Todd Gurley. I, I don't know how healthy it is. I don't know if it's actually a quad, if it's just like he's covering up for the knee, whatever it might be. And and I actually prefer Daryl Henderson of the two. He looked much more efficient on Sunday. He did, but it wasn't a good it wasn't a good spot for Malcolm Brown against the Niners. The way Malcolm Brown runs, it was not a good spot. Yeah, for but Daryl Henderson was running against the same defense, Greg. I understand, but the six point five yards per game. Daryl Henderson's style was more suited against that defense. I think his style is just better in general than Malcolm Brown. I just think he's a better player. I think he got off to a slow start because he's a rookie, still learning the system. We heard a lot about in the pre season, how he's not uh, he's not up to par with Sean McVay's system yet. It's a, like the zone running system to the outside didn't really do that back in college, but I think as the season goes along, he's going to earn more work and might even have a role once Gurley is healthy as well, because they said that during the preseason. 
All right, we'll come back. We'll mention Mark Walton. We'll give Venture credit for the dreaded duo. Love that. that was cool nickname for nice sure. Nice job by Chris Venture. I don't say that often. But we'll talk about Mark Walton. We'll get into the tight ends. We'll get into the quarterbacks and some streaming defenses as well. It's your BFFs here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. BFFs here, Sports Grid. Get on that grid. Join us and have a fantastic time here on the grid. He's Eric Young. He's Frank Stample. We are just breaking it down the waiver wire. Obviously, we got to get some players to drop, too. Um, but the only other running back I want to mention here that we haven't really is Mark Walton, who has uh, supplanted Kalen Balaj in Miami's pecking order. Personally, uh, I was wrong, obviously, when it came to Kenny and Drake and this Miami team in general. Um, not that I thought they'd be good. I just thought they'd be a little bit better. Drake still has some value in PPR. He as does. a flex. He's catching a lot of passes. Fine. Yep. Mark Walton, I, I'm just not interested in him because he, the ceiling is so low. The floor is bleh. What am I doing, Mark Walton? Here's what I will present to you, Greg. And, and it's, Please. It's a little bit far-fetched, but I'll throw it out there for you anyway. Uh, Mark Walton... Clearly seeing his role increase, played a season-high 41% of the snaps this past week, had a season-high 11 touches as well, season-high 5 receptions. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. They clearly like him. First game out of the bye, gets more work than Kalen Balaj. Greg, I think Kenyon Drake is going to be traded before the trade deadline, which means that Mark Walton is going to be vaulted up into Kenyon Drake's role, which means that he is going to have flex appeal in PPR leagues uh, when that happens. So that's just me personally. I don't have sources. It's just me speculating, but I do think the team is going to continue to sell off some pieces, and I think Kenyon Drake will be one of those pieces, Greg. EY, what do you do about Mark Walton? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really interested. I'm not really interested in anybody uh, on the Dolphins except for Devontae Parker, <laughs> as you guys know. It's a sure thing. Uh, but yeah, it's. I mean, the running back thing's a mess. Uh, obviously, they have a terrible time evaluating talent. Kellen Balazs was the starter at one point. It doesn't look like he even knows how to play football. Kenny and Drake is is it's a massive surprise to me. This is a guy that should be getting a, a decent workload. Uh, he's shown that he has all the tools before, but just doesn't seem motivated. Um, this is a bad, bad football team, and they almost won. They almost beat the Washington Redskins, uh, and in true Dolphins fashion, they go for two and lose anyways. So it's a uh, it's been a wild ride for the for for uh, the Miami Dolphins and Miami Dolphin fans. If there are any Dolphins fans left out there. It's a, it's a sad state of affairs. I don't want any of them. I absolutely don't want any of them either. I'm not doing anything with the Dolphins. They stink. Why would I want stinky players on my team? Just like Jimmy Graham. Just like Jimmy Graham. I will never forgive him, man. Let's move on to the tight end position, guys. If you lost Will Disley, who I did, and you I did, and Frankie did, it stinks. And there's just not much out there to replace him. The one guy that comes to mind, Frank, you've been on him. It's Darren Fells, who is an old... The reason I, I guess I'm not in on the Darren Fells thing is because he's an 
old journeyman guy that's been around the league forever. That I get him and Daniel Fells mixed up. Sure. There's uh, another Fells in the NFL, right? Well, it was his brother, and he has a bad staff infection. He's never played football again. Okay. But his brother is Darren Fells. But <laughs> that's why like, when I think Fells, I feel like this guy's played for every team, but a lot of those were probably his brother as well. Well, they were kind of both. Darren, <laughs> Fells has been around, Darren Fells has been around the league. They're both journeymen. Yes. Yeah. Fells has been around the league since 2014. Uh, played with Arizona, Detroit, Cleveland, and now Houston. His brother, Daniel, uh, played for, I know he played for the Giants. I will look that up. But nevertheless, as I looked that up, Frank, Darren Fells and Jordan Akins getting a lot of playing time because without Kenny Stills, they've gone to a lot of 12 personnel, which is the two tight ends. And we have seen Deshaun Watson rely on uh, the tight end position around the red zone and up and down the field. We said it a lot yesterday that um, Darren Fells led this Houston Texans team in receiving. Now, I don't expect him to do that each and every week, but if you lose Will Disley and he's out there on the waiver wire, he's probably, most likely, the best option. If Fells is out there, how much money should you spend? I don't want to spend too much money again. We're probably looking at 3 to 5% of your fab budget. I understand you're going to be desperate now that you lost Will Disley. Make sure that Hunter Henry and Chris Herndon are owned in your league. Someone might have dropped Chris Herndon after he got hurt last week. He's going to try and return this week. I know he's been activated, so we'll have to pay attention and see if Chris Herndon practices. But Ryan Griffin has been running a ton of routes for the New York Jets, and he he just scored a touchdown. I think Chris Herndon is going to step right into that role once he is good to go. But Darren Fells... He is splitting time with Jordan Aikens, just led the team in receiving, which is crazy because they have DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller, um, but he does split time with Aikens overall. Uh, they kind of take away a little bit from each other, but he had seven targets this week. He had six receptions, 69 yards, going up against the Indianapolis Colts, who are allowing the third most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. So it might just be a short-term fix once Kenny Stills is back, Greg, as, as you keep alluding to, they're probably going to run more three wide receiver sets. That's going to mean less tight ends on the field. Uh, but if you need a tight end for this week and Hunter Henry and Chris Herndon are already owned, I think Darren Fells is the top tight end pickup, Greg. I think he has to be. By the way, his brother Daniel played for the Rams, Denver, New England, and the Giants. <laughs> yeah, so, so combined they've played for nine teams. Yeah, so both have been journeymen. Are you interested in Darren Fells here, EY? No, not at all. I feel like it was just one of those things that kind of happened, and this happens in football sometimes. Uh, I feel like the Lizard uh, in Green Bay is probably the same kind of thing. Uh, we also saw a, a perennial show favorite, Tavon Austin, on the field a whole bunch this week, boys. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't trust fouls at all. Um, a tight end that I would definitely go after that could be available is Dawson Knox. Mm. He's playing uh, the vaunted Miami Dolphins um, and has looked good. They've wanted to involve him. This guy is, a, is an absolute beast at tight end. I'm with EY on that one, too. I was actually going to throw it back your way, EY, and ask, you know, if you don't like Darren Fells, who is someone that you do like? I like Dawson Knox as well going up against the Miami Dolphins. Just a dreadful defense. They give up points all over the field, uh, which means we like Josh Allen, too, which we'll get into for some of the streaming quarterbacks. But Dawson Knox... A freak athlete. We saw some of that earlier on in the year. Good matchup going up against Miami. I'll also throw Jason Witten's name out there because Amari Cooper dealing with injury, as is Randall Cobb. And I'll, I will throw Noah Fan out there. He hasn't done what we were expecting. He's uh, very athletic. They used a first-round pick on Noah Fant. The target share has been inconsistent, but Emmanuel Sanders dealing with injury. Cortland Sutton is very clearly the top target for the Denver Broncos pass game. They might be playing from behind, going up against the Chiefs, and it's a good matchup. The Chiefs are giving up a decent amount of fantasy points to opposing tight ends as well. So uh, I, I'm looking at Darren Fells, Dawson Knox, Noah Fant, 
Jason Witten as the top four streaming tight ends this week. Uh, and if you just want someone to stash, we just saw Ricky Seals-Jones uh, see a huge uptick in uh, snaps this past week, ran a ton of routes, scored a touchdown as well. Um, and I think the Cleveland Browns need as much help as they could possibly get. So he's more of a stash candidate, obviously, with the team on the bye. Thing is with Dawson, thing is with Dawson Knox, and the reason I again have been apprehensive to jump in on him is, yeah, he he seems to be pretty awesome. The targets, the targets. But look at who we're talking I know, about, though, right? I like, know. Darren Phillips just yep. had seven targets. He might have zero this week. Totally. Right? It's a cra- so you have to go for the best the, matchup. The matchup it's and, Miami. And Dawson Knox does have a great matchup. Well, hopefully Evan Ingram doesn't play anything. Red Allison. That's literally. I want to bring up. Uh, I want to bring up Luke Wilson. Sure. For Seattle as well. Yeah. I mean, so Luke Wilson obviously steps to the plate with Will Disley out. Uh, they, this team traded away Nick Vanette. Will Disley tears his Achilles. Luke Wilson returns to uh, Seattle, and now he's the next man up there. And I think when you bring up Luke Wilson, you bring up Jerome Brown, too, who was the recipient of two touchdowns uh, this past weekend for Seattle. I don't know, EY, if Luke Wilson just steps into that Disley role. Um, I know they have another tight end we were talking about yesterday, Frank. That is Jacob Hollister. Jacob Hollister, the former Patriot. That's right. I don't know that Luke Wilson's going to be any better as a pass catcher. We looked at the, we looked at the snaps. I, I, I don't know, Eli. No, yeah, I mean, I don't know either, but uh, someone's got to play tight end there. Um, Halter, was, I think it was a guy that was very hyped when he was with the Patriots, yep. saying that this guy's going to be this next thing. He hasn't done anything at all. Luke Wilson, I know, um, has been when he's been involved, has caught some passes and stuff. So, uh, Hard Knocks favorite, Canadian boy Luke Wilson. So, I mean, look at tight end's a mess. It's an absolute disaster. Uh, Kelsey was drafted sometimes in the first round and hasn't scored a touchdown. So it's, I mean, good luck with all that. Yeah, I don't really want to get involved with Luke Wilson or Jerron Brown personally, Greg. Uh, I'll throw David Moore in that mix as well. I just think that there's going to be more targets to go around for Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf on a team that doesn't really throw the ball all that much anyway. So we probably just see more Chris Carson, more throws to Chris Carson, maybe more throws to Rashad Penny and CJ Procise as well. But I really think that concentration of targets is going to go to the top two wide receivers in the offense, and that is Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. I don't really have much faith, or I don't think there's much upside uh, in anybody else in this past game, really. Let me move on. Let me move on to the quarterback position. Well, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, Frankie, and Josh Allen's a popular name if he was dropped because of the bye week. Jacoby Brissett's been a top 12 quarterback. Uh, Sam Darnold is back. And now in Superflex Leagues, EY, I want to go to you, where Ryan Tannehill, I don't know if he's starting this week. I don't think Mike Vrabel has made any sort of announcement yet, but what do you think Ryan Tannehill could be for this Tennessee offense? I mean, the reality is, is look, it, it can't be worse. Sure. My, Mariota is is a disaster. He's a disaster. Not this is a guy that I've defended. Uh, I'm a a quasi Ducks fan. Um, when I followed, kind of followed college football back in the day, that was uh, one of the teams that I followed. Uh, and, and when he was coming over, like this guy has every tool. He can scramble. He he can throw. He was ultra ultra accurate. He has no confidence, and you can see it, and we've talked about it on the show, and I know that I've said it for sure. As the quarterback, the number one thing is confidence. I mean, the skill comes second, but if you're not a confident quarterback in the NFL, you're nothing, and he's nothing. Uh, But I've heard both. I've heard both is going to be Tannehill, and they're going to go with him going forward. Uh, And then I also heard today that they say, no, no, it's going to be Mariota again. So, And Mariota was quoted as saying, I've got nothing to lose. (laughs) I don't know what that means. I mean, like... Uh, it's a mess, and I'm sad. 
All right, so they have nothing again. They will, John Robinson and this Titans team will be back looking for a quarterback next year, most likely. But Frank, for this year, the rest of this year, fine. We always want any quarterback we can find in a super flex league. How does Ryan Tannehill affect the other weapons around this Tennessee Titans team? I think EY's right. It can't get much worse, and we haven't seen much of a rapport between Corey Davis and Mariota. Look, some of this is on the Titans doing, right? I don't have any idea why Tajay Sharp is playing more snaps than A.J. Brown when whenever you target A.J. Brown, he makes plays all over the field, and they used a high draft pick on him as well, so you need to get with the times. I understand they want to be a smash-mouth football team. They want to play defense, have Mike Vrabel as their head coach, and you know they, they have this big running back in Derrick Henry, and they want to feed him 20-plus times per game. Well, at some point, like Adam Thielen said earlier on in the season, when he called out his quarterback and called out his head coach and called out the play calling, you cannot be one-dimensional in the NFL. You have to be able to do both. You have to be able to pass. You have to be able to run. And when you pass... You have to get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. Marcus Mariota has not been able to do that. I don't know that Ryan Tannehill is going to be that much better. If you play in a super flex league, I'll throw two or three bucks on the guy just because every quarterback should be owned in a super flex league. But it's a lot like guys that have been filling in recently. You know, just these spot starter guys. Devlin Hodges. I don't know how long Tannehill is going to be the quarterback of this team. And how about this, Greg? Yesterday, they tweeted out. This is so weird to me. The Tennessee Titans Twitter account tweeted... The Titans are to decide between QB's Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill. Decision in the next 24 hours. Delaney Walker tweeted back at it, Laugh my ass off, why would you post that? And you wonder why the fans act the way they do. It just it doesn't make any sense. It's just not you don't put something like that on social media. It makes no sense to me. But honestly, I don't think it could get a lot worse. According to football outsiders, they are 32nd. That is last. In pass protection. So Brutal. it all starts with the offensive line as well. Terry Luan is back, though, which hopefully will help things. Hopefully. I mean, it can't get worse. They're 32nd. You want to stream a defense this week, Frank? Where could you look? Yeah, I'm looking at the Kansas City Chiefs. I understand they're not a good defense. They're allowing the fifth most total yards so far this season. But going up against the Denver Broncos, Joe Flacco has thrown an interception in every game but one, uh, and they're giving up a decent amount of pressure as well. He's not a mobile quarterback. He's more of a statue. He stands up in the pocket. Uh, not that the Chiefs have been able to get a lot of pressure this year, but if there is a game they've, they would be able to, I think it would be this one. Obviously, I love the Bills going up against the Dolphins. I love the 49ers in Washington as well but both of those defenses are heavily owned. If they're not, I lean with those ones. But if I have to choose a streamer, it's the Kansas City Chiefs for me, Greg. All right, fair enough. The Kansas City Chiefs Thursday night against Denver. Tomorrow on the program, we'll talk about some players that we are dropping or dropped today. Oh, well, actually, Greg, we're doing our fantasy basketball preview. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Even better. Eli, you want to come on and uh, do a fantasy basketball preview with us? Oh! Like the old, uh, I always reminded of Batista yeah. back in the day. It's he's Frank Stample. <laughs> he's Eric Young. I am Greg Sussman. Fantasy Basketball Preview Show tomorrow. We, we hope. hope. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.
Here's what you missed on the BFFs. EY, you're an Aaron Jones guy. We're all Aaron Jones guys. We all own him. But Jamal Williams comes back from this concussion, and after Aaron Jones fumbles the ball away, after he just drops a touchdown pass with nobody within 50 feet of him, crushing our souls, they leaned heavily on Jamal Williams, giving him a goal line carry, getting him involved. They saw Aaron Jones a bit more in the second half, but... It was the Jamal Williams night. He's now back on the fantasy radar, and the Packers can say whatever they want, but it's clear they trust Jamal Williams just as much as they trust Aaron Jones. What do you do if you're an Aaron Jones owner? Can you actually start Jamal Williams over Aaron Jones this week on a uh, on a bye week? Can you start Jamal Williams separately than Aaron Jones this week? What do you think? Yeah, uh, this is painful. This is double painful for me. Uh, an, I am an, was an Aaron Jones advocate, and I'm also an Aaron Jones owner. And then uh, to, to make uh, throw some salt in the wounds, uh, in my home league, I was playing a guy that had Jamal Williams and was up 14 points, and he beat me because he started Jamal Williams. So uh, this is a bad this is a bad time to be a Jamal or uh, Aaron Jones fan. So yeah, it's painful, but I believe Aaron Jones will be the starter there. I'm not, I'm not going to go away from him yet. Uh, we know what Jamal Williams is. They were punishing Jones because of the mishaps in the game. But I mean, the reality is he's just a better football player than J- Jamal Williams is some brain farts, <laughs> maybe uh, a, a guy that's maybe doesn't have the full trust of the coaching staff or, or the team, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm riding with Aaron Jones. I still think Aaron Jones is going to be the 1A, but I think this is going to be a really, really frustrating situation, as we've seen for years now. When it comes to Aaron Jones versus Jamal Williams, we can't even really make the argument as much anymore because Jamal Williams has been running effectively as well. I mean, he looked really good last night, ran more efficiently than Aaron Jones as well, and... You know, he had more snaps last night as well. Jamal Williams really took over. It was just a nightmare situation for Aaron Jones and his fantasy owners with the fumble. I know he was getting his shoulder checked out at some point. He dropped a wide open receiving touchdown down the seam. I mean, those are the types of things that land you on the bench because, and this happened all night for Aaron Rodgers. His receivers are dropping passes, leading to interceptions. The guy doesn't have a lot to work with. When you get an opportunity to play with Aaron Rodgers, you have to perform because once you lose his trust, he's not going to go back to you. So it's really hard to make the argument for Aaron Jones Jones right now when he's making blunders like he did last night but Jamal Williams great 18 touches four receptions 138 total yards and a touchdown uh Aaron Jones on three less touches had uh, a decent amount less yards you know just 60 total yards no touchdown obviously dropped it as well I think Jamal Williams you're gonna have to um I'm not breaking the bank for him maybe if I'm an Aaron Jones owner but I think it's gonna be closer to a 50-50 split moving forward and you start him separately on a bye week this week no Nick Chubb I think he's going to sneak in as a low-end flex, yeah. And there's some really good matchups coming up, too. I was just looking at the schedule.